Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. Debating internally whether or not I want to lead off the show, even to this moment, as the show has now begun, I still don't know if I want to start with the stadium nonsense from today. Is that what people want to hear? Is that how people want to feel right now? I don't know. It is the easy pathway as a radio host for content. It is something that will fire people up. It is something that will get the phone lines going. But I I deep down just don't want to think about all of the stadium nonsense from the last two weeks. This is already becoming an enormous headache, this process of the Bills just finding out and negotiating with the county and the state and the city about what is going to happen in the next couple of years and where is this team going to be playing. Joe DiBiase on the nightcap, 803-0550 is the phone number. I saw a lot of, this is Twitter, right? Twitter can be poisonous sometimes. And sometimes for good reasons. This morning, and even late last night, when we saw rumblings out there that, well, the stadium is going to be across the street in Orchard Park, which, listen, anyone out there that wants to criticize that decision, anyone that wants a dome, anyone that wants the stadium to be downtown, I understand the reasoning. I'm the last guy you need to look for, though, for hot takes and anger on that front. And it's not really anything to do with you know, based in logic, I will readily admit my bias in that area. I am from Orchard Park. I grew up walking distance from the stadium. I love that area for tailgating. As someone that went to games a ton 
in my early life before working here. I mean, my early life. Am I allowed to even say that at 26, by the way? So I'm biased. All right? So th- I'm not going to blast him for that. I'm, I love the stadium being in Orchard Park. And I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. And I know that it maybe not might not be the solution that makes the most sense. But I'm going to take it. Because I love it there. And that's where I'm from. And I love the, the tailgate scene there. And you are not risking that in any way by keeping the stadium where it is. Downtown, you are doing that. Inherently. Doesn't mean that you can't still have tailgating. Doesn't mean it can't even still be great. But by going down there, you are risking it. Because you don't know that it's going to be the same. Or even 50% the same. So on that front, I'm okay. But if you want to give me a call and tell me why I'm wrong on that, and why the stadium should not be right next to where it is right now, that's, by the way, the vibe I get. The vibe I get is fans don't want a stadium in the first place. Not everybody, but a big portion of fans don't want a stadium in the first place. But that ain't going to fly. That ain't going to fly with the NFL, with Roger Goodell and with the Board of Governors, the owners, Jerry Jones, who has a ton of pull up there because, I mean, look at NFL revenue. If you ever wonder why Jerry Jones has as much say in what happens in the league as he does, he was a big driving force as to why the Rams went to Los Angeles. You want to know why that's the case? He and the Dallas Cowboys bring in a bigger percentage of the revenue than anybody else by far. The last time, this is from Statista, 2019, the last time we had a normal NFL season, this is not counting last year with COVID and no fans in the stands for most teams, 2019... The Dallas Cowboys brought in $980 million of revenue to the NFL. Almost $1 billion. About a tenth. About a tenth of the entire league's revenue. $980 million. You know who second is? New England at $630 million. A difference of $350 million between the Cowboys and and anybody else. The Bills, by the way, who are sitting down at, what are they, 27th at $413 There's a bigger gap between the Cowboys and second when it comes to revenue than there is for second, New England, and last, the Raiders, which is less than $300 million difference. So if you're ever wondering why we always mention the name Jerry Jones as if he wants a new Bill stadium... That is somebody with power in that in that regard. That's why. Because that guy and that team, despite the fact that they don't do it on the field, they make more money for the NFL than anybody by far. It's not even close. Today, the, the tweets, the reports about a Pagula spokesman saying that in, in it's unnamed by the way, and it is kind of the the jumping off point. Saying that Buffalo in New York State is going to have to decide whether or not they want an NFL team, I think they're not saying anything we don't know. They're not saying anything that isn't right. Of course, 
right? If the county and the state decided we're not going to put a dime of public funding towards this stadium, then that really is maybe a death sentence. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that's a death sentence. That is, all right, well, you decided you don't want it, and we're going to go. I, I don't think that's illogical. But we are, at least to our knowledge, everybody's knowledge, very early on in this process. And I don't know, does it seem like there's already stress behind the scenes? It's been out there that the team wants it to be 100% privately funded or publicly funded, but that's kind of been dispelled in recent weeks. You've had the Austin, Texas comment or the Austin, Texas rumor, but then Austin local officials are telling you that we didn't know anything about this. No one talked to us at all about the stadium, about the bills. So what is it? What is all of it? It is noise. It is used as leverage. And I am going to be a select few that just chooses to ignore it. I think it's going to get done. It's going to be in Orchard Park. It's going to happen in the next five years. And it's probably going to be awesome once it's done. That's just kind of the way I'm going about it day to day. I don't want to waste my time. Not even waste my time. I don't want to get upset about it. Because it could be so easy to do it. You know, Bulldog went off about it this afternoon. And, like, rightfully so. Just because me personally, and I'm sure some fans, are just not choosing to pay any attention to these leaks, these threats, that are only going to serve to make Bills fans uncomfortable about the idea of one day not having their football team? I can't live life like that. I can't live life over the next couple of years always having in the back of my mind that this team is leaving. Because I did that when I was a kid. Always wondering about the future of the organization and the long-term status of the team in the city. And that sucks. That's awful. But that does not mean that the team and ownership, whoever's speaking, doesn't deserve some criticism. You can't let that out there. Come on. Why would you do that to your fans? Why? Is What is it accomplishing? We, not everybody, because I, I hate grouping everybody together, because there are a lot of differing opinions on this, this issue. But most fans, we get it. You know, we know what's up. We know what's going on. We know that we're going to have to pitch in for a, a half, a bigger than half, I don't know, a monster chunk of this stadium, even though, you know, we know it doesn't create jobs. There are tons of studies that show that new stadiums like that don't really affect the economy of the local environment around it. But I think most Bills fans know that's my ticket. That's my ticket to ensuring that I don't ever have to worry about this team leaving. And I just don't see the point to having a comment out there that says, you got to decide if you want an NFL team or not. You know, having anyone say the name Austin, Texas. 
You just you can't have that. It's I don't know what the word is. Is it rude? Is it just disrespectful? We're we're getting ready for one of the best Bill seasons ever. The most highly anticipated Bill season of my lifetime, and it's not even close. We're thinking about the Super Bowl right now. The Chiefs, the Buccaneers, and the Super Bowl. That's what we should be thinking about. That's what we should be excited about. You don't need to let these comments out. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it was an accident. I hope it was. Because otherwise, you're... If you're doing it on purpose, I mean, come on. You got to know. You just got to know that all that's going to serve to do is make your fans upset. And the Bills should be in the business of doing the opposite of that. You know, the hockey team's doing that to us enough right now, aren't they? The last four or five years with that team have been hell. The Bills have been the source of optimism, the source of hope. The source of entertainment, enjoyment. It's been the Bills the last few years. Since Big, since McDermott and Bean took over. Really, since the Pagulas took over the football team. They've been compl- they've been 100% better. Even the failures before. You know, like they... It's funny how since the Pagulas took over the Sabres, the team just can't get off the doormat. Right? It, like, they're not even in contention. They're not even average. They're always at the bottom. It's so funny how the the opposite has been the case. It's not funny. It's just it's it's interesting that the opposite's been the case for the Bills because even before McDermott had been, Doug Marone went nine and seven with this football team. Rex Ryan went eight and eight with this football team. Like we were in playoff races. They weren't snapping the drought yet, but we weren't an embarrassment. And then they got the McDermott Bean hires right, who then get the Allen pick right. They get a million other things right, and we're in Super Bowl contention. That's that's what we want to be thinking about. We want to be enjoying that. And August 18th, less than a month before what's going to be one of the greatest days to be a Bills fan in that stadium ever, coming off of an AFC Championship appearance, your quarterback has got a fresh new contract. You have a juggernaut of a team to compete for a Super Bowl. One of the best we've ever seen put on that field. And Sunday, September 13th. Wow, I really hope I have the date right, by the way. Because I don't have the schedule in front of me. September 12th. One day off. Sunday, September 12th at 1 o'clock. I'm imagining a beautiful September day, low 70s. You can debate all you want on what the right temperature is there. I'd like the, you know, mid-60s, but I'll give you low 70s for that. The sun is out, and the stadium is rocking because it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, who are in town, a franchise that rates, a franchise that has had a 500 or better record for 17 years in a row. One of the marquee franchises in the sport. And you're going into that game as the second biggest favorite in week one. You're expected to dominate Pittsburgh. That day is going to be, and of course, it's the first day back in the stadium. 
for almost everybody. A packed house. Hopefully, the Delta variant does not throw that off course. As of now, packed house. It's going to be a party. We're less than one month from that glorious day. And I've got to go to my social media and see the words. Buffalo's got to decide if they want an NFL team. It's not fair. It's not fair to fans to have to hear that. Because then, what happens? You've got got pro football talks, spinning it off, talking about why the Bills maybe shouldn't exist in the first place. And you've got, you know, beat reporters in Detroit saying the same thing, like Green Bay and Buffalo really shouldn't be in the league. And then, it's, it, of course, that's when Twitter gets poisonous. That's when I personally had to turn it off. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that back and forth because that's all comments like that are going to serve to do. Make your fans upset and bring out the trolls in other markets and in the national media. And just don't put that in my face right now. Right? I don't, I don't ever want to see it, but especially not before, right before this season. 8030550 is the phone number. If you've got a comment in the stadium, feel free to give me a call. Uh, I, I, I want to move on from it, though. There's a couple of things that on the team itself that I want to talk about and the division because it's training camp. It's preseason. I technically did not take the preseason pledge with Jeremy this year, but I typically tend to not make much of what's going on in training camps and the preseason. I did that made that argument yesterday with Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary has been awesome in training camp and the preseason. I am choosing to value his usage being lower than Zach Moss's last year to decide for myself who's more likely to be the starting running back going into the year. Well, similar type of thinking with the quarterbacks in the AFC East. What are we to make of that? Zach Wilson has been very up and down, it sounds. A lot of negative reports about him in training camp, but... He was phenomenal in the preseason game. Sam Monson of PFF, who was on the station yesterday, ranked the first-round rookie quarterbacks in their first preseason game, and he had Zach Wilson number one of all five. So he's been up and down by reports, and Mac Jones was very good in the preseason game, and you've got like Jeff Darlington on NFL Network today saying that New England is over the moon about what he's doing right now. He looks poised. He looks accurate. He looks like he already understands the offense, which is a very complex offense. Mac Jones is trending up in New England, but in Miami, not not sounding too good on Tua right now. Got outplayed by Jacoby Brissett in the preseason. Tua, Mike, Mike Shope on the afternoon show asked a very good question about Tua. What's the earliest they can move on from him? I want to explore that a little bit, go through the division a little bit, talk about actual football when we return. Joe DiBiase here on the Nightcap. It's WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. We're going to talk some AFC East in a little bit here on the show. Let's take a break in the middle of the show, though. Not a break, but let's get to some good stuff from Frank Schwab of Yahoo earlier today with Howard and Sal. We'll make that our interview of the day. Um, on the Bills, the AFC East as kind of a, a launching point to our next conversation, Bridge the Gap from the Stadium 
to what's actually going on in the field. So here's Frank Schwab of Yahoo with Howard and Sal. You know, we like to, especially when the Bills are really, really good, and, you know, a lot of national media are paying attention to them. Uh, we like to get a different perspective from outside of Buffalo about the Bills. For that, we're going to bring in Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports on the Western Hotline. If you follow Frank's work, you would have recently seen his article about the Bills and their Super Bowl chances and a side article on Stefan Diggs and um, – his production last year and all that neat stuff. So we're going to touch on some of that. Frank, it's Howard and Sal. Good morning. Welcome to the show. What's going on, fellas? Hey, we are counting down the days to opening day around here, Frank. As you understand by writing your piece on the Bills, this is uh, there's a lot of buzz. What? But you, I thought your article yeah. was interesting. Let's start with the premise because the premise of your article wasn't anything about, hey, the Bills are going to be good. But it's the challenge they face of the natural, what we think is a natural next step. You know, first you make the playoffs, you go through some pain, a wild card loss. Then you win playoff games, you get just shy, and then you get to the Super Bowl, kind of like Kansas City. Let's start there in that premise with the Bills and the challenge they face. Yeah, and it's not always easy, and it's not, progress is not always linear. <laughs> I mean, it, sometimes you have to take a step back before you take a step forward, and the way the NFL set up is is just your windows close so quickly. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, the Bills aren't going to be contenders. I'll probably be picking them to win the Super Bowl this year. I like them. I mean, they were so good in the second half last year. They're beating everybody by double digits. They're fantastic. And then they just, you know, couldn't get over the hump against the Chiefs in the AFC title game. But there is the chance that, you know, that that was the peak. I hate to say that. I don't – I'm not trying to pour cold water on anybody, but – we see it all the time where we just think probably because a lot of us, you know, grew up in the, the Michael Jordan era of, hey, they get beat by the Pistons, beat by the Pistons, and then they get over the hump, and it's such a great story, and they become champions, and that's what we expect for everybody to do. But it doesn't always work that way. I mean, it's it's just it's hard in the NFL. You might, you know, the, the Bills did catch, you know, some so a little bit of luck with some key injuries. They 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 didn't or not getting key injuries. I mean, they, you know, they didn't have they didn't lose a lot of uh, uh, key games from a lot of their best guys. You know, Diggs was healthy all year. Uh, Allen was healthy all year. A lot, you know, you, you tick off the guys who 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 stayed healthy all year. What if that doesn't repeat? Uh, what if the Dolphins are really really good this year? I mean, it's a million things can go wrong to any NFL team, and it's and that's just kind of the the brutal nature of the sport. Sometimes is that sometimes you only do get that one shot, and then you, you backslide. But I do look. All that said, the Bills are a fantastic team, and they there is that chance they could even be better because of the defense. I think that mm-hmm. last year was almost seemed like a one off for the defense, where it's like. You know, under McDermott, they were, you know, really, really good in 2018, really, really good in 2019. And then last year, I expected them to be good again, and they they were okay, and they were really good in the second half, but they weren't great all season. And what if we marry the 2020 offense with that 2018-2019 defense? This team could be the best team in football, and I, I, it wouldn't be surprising at all if they are that. Yeah, I think so, – I'm sorry, go ahead, Sal, yeah. No, I, I, just to follow up on that, Frank, so what is the scenario other than injuries that, you know, they wouldn't? You know, obviously, I think that can derail anyone. They lose Josh Allen for a significant time. Yeah. We know that that could hurt them. But this is, look, I mean, I, Howard and I, you know, we've been covering this team a long time. We've, we're, we've been watching them since the Super Bowl years. This is the deepest roster they've had since mm-hmm. then. I'll say that, Frank. It, it is yeah. really deep. No other than injuries, yeah. what would be the reason they wouldn't be able to maintain that level? You know, and I think that it's one of those things where they could play really, really well, but just not have 
the type of season that it, here, this is the problem with what what happened with the the only problem with what happened with the Bills last year is expectations are really high. Let's say the Bills go, mm, you know, twelve and five, a good season. Let's say the the Miami Dolphins go thirteen and four, and I don't think the Dolphins taking that big of a jump, but it's possible. They got a really good young roster, they're deep too. Okay, all of a sudden the Bills are a wild card team, and they lose to the Ravens in the first round. For any any other year of the last twenty years in Bills football history, that'd be a pretty good year. Okay, we won twelve games, went to the playoffs. Yeah, it was disappointing. Not the, but this year would be a disaster. I mean, this year, I think everybody there would be so you know disappointed in that, and rightfully so. That the bar is set so high, and do do I think the Bills are going to fall apart as a football team? No, no, wrong. No, no way. I don't. Aside from injuries, which can derail everybody, like you said, but it's just hard year after year to just maintain what you have. I mean, we've kind of got fooled. We've kind of gotten fooled by the Patriots, where they just keep rolling out win after win after win, and and ten wins, ten wins. To, you know, a division title after division title. It's not meant to be that way in the NFL. You just teams catch up to you. You just you do catch some bad breaks, whether it's losing close games or injuries or whatnot. Sometimes you just lose a playoff game. That's you're playing some tough teams. Look at the I mean, everybody's kind of disappointed with the Ravens the last couple of years. So the Ravens are a really really good football team. They just happen to play like last year the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't I don't see anything. I can't tell you anything roster wise or on paper that the Bills are going to be some eight and nine football team. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But you could have a really really good year and still be a major disappointment because of what the expectations are now. Frank Schwab with us, Yahoo Sports. Um, in terms of the division, Frank, we, we obviously we focused on the Bills to start things off in the conversation. But in in terms of the division, New, I'm going to rule out New York in this discussion. New England, Miami, mm-hmm. what kind of threats? What kind of competition? How do you think the division race will play out this season? And I'll start with New England just because. Boy, I, I, you look and you you see all the flaws, right? You're like, uh, the quarterback situation, and we weren't very very good last year, and I don't know if they'll be explosive enough in the passing game to really be a factor, especially you know, the, no matter who starts a quarterback, really, either starting a rookie or you're starting Cam Newton, who looked really kind of toast last year. But it's Bill Belichick, and he got them. How on earth he got them to seven wins last year? I have no idea because that that was about a two win roster, and. It just can't count them out. They're just they're so well coached, and they spent so much money in the off season to kind of try to get this thing right. They did have a lot of talent. That I I I don't love them, but it also wouldn't shock me if they bounce back just because it's it's Belichick and they did bolster their roster a little bit, which they needed to do. But I I have them as a clear third. And I I do like the Dolphins. I don't love the Dolphins. I really don't think the Dolphins are going to overtake the Bills. But it's at least possible because they've been adding talent. I really like Flores. And I haven't given up on Tua. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I, everybody did after last year, and I think it's wrong. I, Tua had everything working against him last year. He had the hip injury he's still working through. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick over his shoulder. He's playing in an offense that was basically built for Fitzpatrick's strengths. And, you know, a lot of people made, made a big deal about Tua saying, I didn't know the playbook as well as I should have. Well, yeah, he should have known the playbook better, but – it was a weird off season. He was a rookie. He's going to know the playbook better. He's got better guys around him this year. After you know, you had Will Fuller, you draft Jalen Waddle. So I, I, I think Tua is going to be pretty good this year, and I think the Dolphins are going to be pretty good. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I just don't think they're going to win the East. I think it's still the Bills' division to win. But I look, it's a tough division. It really is because 
again, you can't rule out the Patriots, and I think the Dolphins really are making strides, and, and who knows, maybe they do have a breakthrough this year. We, uh, we tend to focus on the AFC, of course, Frank, since we're here in Buffalo. But, you know, you know when you look at the NFC, uh, here in this conference, you, you have the gold standard Kansas City. But we've talked about the Bills, um, other contenders. You know, you could bring up uh, Tennessee. You could bring up, depending on what Wentz does, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Baltimore. When you look at the NFC, you have Tampa. You have Green Bay, of course, still in the mix with Rodgers, still a Packer. Mm-hmm. How deep are the legitimate candidates, Super Bowl contenders in the NFC? It's funny. I was just thinking about this the other day, uh, and I'll be honest. It's because I, I, I was making my, you know, I was looking through some of the bets I've made. Teams win the Super Bowl. Betting is legal here in Colorado, by the way. That I, I was like, <laughs> I've bet on just AFC teams. I, I can't come up with a decent argument for most of these NFC teams. I, like you said, the Packers are going to be really, really good. Uh, I think the Saints are taking a big step back. I think even the Buccaneers. Look. Everybody, and this may be a weird take. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to invent, invent something. But I almost think it, it might be a little bit of a detriment to the Buccaneers to have everybody back. You know, you look at teams that repeat any sport. You kind of need some new blood. You, you, you don't want to get complacent. You kind of maybe want a couple key guys who haven't won a ring, and they're pushing. And, you know, I, everybody on this team has a ring now. And they play all played a really, really long season. And we've seen the Super Bowl hangover hit other teams. I don't know. It's it's just uh, the Buccaneers on paper are a really, really good football team. But I hate to say this because it's going to mark what, about the eighth straight year I've said it, but at some point Tom Brady's going to slow down. It has to happen. He can't <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not this. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, like maybe I'm I'm gonna we're gonna be me and you and uh, all three of us are gonna be talking in 2032 and I'm gonna be saying the same thing, but it's gotta happen at some point. So I, I I'm just a little worried about the Buccaneers uh, for reasons that probably are are invalid and and really don't make a lot of sense. But I don't love the Rams because I think if if Matthew Stafford was a special quarterback, we'd have seen it already. Everybody in the East, I I like Washington, but not like a Super Bowl contender. Like I, I like their defense. I like the way. Their offense is going to be better with Fitzpatrick, but they're not winning a Super Bowl. So, yeah, you you look, and it's it's a handful of teams. The only one I'm really, really intrigued by is the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I think that I wipe out everything that happened with them last year. They had a ton right. of injuries, the COVID weirdness, all that. Let, let's just completely – for them to even get the six wins was an accomplishment. I think it says something about Shanahan. So they basically bring back most of the Super Bowl team from two years ago. And I really like Trey Lance. I think by, you know, whenever he does get that job, whether it's week one or eight or whenever, he's going to transform that offense. He's just such a physical marvel. And that he is set up so much better than most rookie quarterbacks like him that I think that that team has a legitimate shot to, to make a deep playoff run and maybe maybe get over the hump and make Super Bowl again. I think they're they're that kind of team. But you're right. They're, they're not a lot of teams in the NFC that, yeah. that really stand out to you as true Super Bowl contenders. You mentioned you think Miami's a playoff team. We, I think, by the way you talk, you think New England's in that mix. Boy, there there aren't there aren't many spots in the AFC there, Frank. Right? I mean, yeah. that AFC North looks like it could be up for grabs between a number of teams there. I really like what the Chargers are doing. Of course, they're in the division with the Kansas City Chiefs, though. Who knows what's going on with Indy and the quarterback? How do we? How do you handicap the back mm-hmm. end, if you will, of those playoff races? And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you're right. I haven't sat down and really thought. Okay, who am I leaving out? But. When I do, you know, make my picks on who's going to win the wild card and all that, 
Hey, there's going to be some good football teams that are staying home right. in January out of the AFC. Because I love the Chargers this year, I'm, and I've fallen for that trick a million times, and I feel dumb for doing it again. But, <laughs> I mean, come on. They have so much talent on that team, and Herbert's the real deal. I could even see them contending with the Chiefs in their division, as dumb as that sounds right now. And please, please just erase this when, when we're done. I don't want to hear about this in <laughs> December when the, when the Chargers have disappointed me again. But I think the Chargers are going to be right in that mix. I think that I, I haven't ruled out the Steelers. Everybody's kind of really down on the Steelers, and I get what they're still a top five defense. They still have a ton of offensive talent. If as long as Ben is not 2015 Peyton Manning, if as long as he's got something left in the tank, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are still going to be at least in the mix. Like you said, Ravens and Browns are really good. Three teams in the AFC East are really good. That I. I was so high on the Colts coming into the year, but, the, you know, the Wentz injury has really made me take a step back from that excitement because, I mean, you know, Jacob Eason. So, I, I, yeah, you're right. There, there's going to be a, a few football teams that are good playoff-quality teams that are, are sitting at home in January because there's just too many good teams in the AFC. All right, there's Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. We'll take a timeout here. We're going to talk a little Tua and a little Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, the AFC East picture when we return. It's the nightcap of Joe DiBiase. This is WGR. Last call in the nightcap, Joe DiBiase here on WGR, a rainy, drizzly Wednesday night. I almost forgot what day of the week it is, but I got there. This rain needs to go away. I'm trying to golf. I think Nate tweeted that this morning. I'm just trying to golf. Once a week, tops, but the rain won't go away, hopefully soon. Fall's coming. I, oh man, every day when there's a nice breezy chill, I'm just reminded the elite season is coming. Pumpkin spice is coming out at certain coffee shops, national and local. You're getting a little bit more pumpkin vibe, pumpkin beers are coming out as well. So we are getting there, and that means football season is right around the corner. Um, I can't wait, man. I cannot wait. I Saturday's preseason game, it's probably going to be the, the day where I'm like, all right, can we get there already? I'm glad there's not four preseason games this year. So happy. But the second preseason game I think I'm going to land on, I need it to start tomorrow. And you're going to have the third preseason game, and then I think a two-week break. Before we get to week one of the regular season, um, because we've got Sunday, September 12th is the opener against Pittsburgh. AFC East this year. Quarterback situations all across the division are interesting. Tua is maybe got the most negative vibes surrounding him. Outperformed by Jacoby Brissett in the Dolphins preseason game. A lot of the same maybe this year at training camp for Tua. And I am left wondering yet again, when does he get pulled? What is the earliest that he could be pulled? They Bruce, Jacoby Brissett is not, he's not even really Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, but he is a very quality backup, one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. So, no, it's not Fitz, and it's not, it's not even, is it Trubisky? Maybe it's on par with Trubisky. It's a guy that you could get away with putting in there. And that's what makes it interesting. They're giving Tua every chance to be the franchise quarterback. But they do have a plan B. Not a guy that fans will probably be calling for. But I don't know, if they go 0-4 to start, is Tua out of there? I think 
there is a real possibility that he could be out, get a pull, a quick trigger. They start New England, Buffalo, Vegas, Indianapolis. I think they could lose those first two. And then they have two very winnable games, depending on whether Carson Wentz is back for Indianapolis. We'll see. Then they go Tampa, but then Jacksonville, Atlanta, and then the Bills again, then the Texans. So kind of a balanced schedule, I would say. Not super difficult, not super easy. So if they're 1-3 and three after those first four games, and then you're going to Tampa, maybe to 1-4, and four, that game could be for Tua's NFL life. We saw it with Josh Rosen, right? Unclaimed on waivers today after being cut by the 49ers yesterday. We've seen it with Josh Rosen. You very rarely get a legit second chance in this sport. Someone else will sign you, but nobody else is going to pay you and commit to you and build around you and put every resource they can into your development. The same way the Bills have done it with Josh Allen. If you fail once, nobody's going to do that for you. And that's what will happen to Tua if he doesn't succeed here in Miami. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he has the arm strength to do it. I don't think he has the ball velocity to do it. I don't think he has the elite athleticism to do it. I don't really think he has any elite traits. He is incredibly accurate. That might be end of list. That is not enough in today's game. I actually am rooting for Tua to be pretty good. Because if Tua is pretty good, that could convince Miami to not go big with another quarterback. Maybe they wouldn't take a swing on Deshaun Watson. Maybe they wouldn't take a swing on Aaron Rodgers after the year. Maybe they wouldn't go for one of these top first-round quarterbacks next year. Stick with your game manager. Because that is what Tua is. And I don't think he has it in him to be better than that. I think they made a mistake this offseason by not pulling the trigger on a quarterback at three overall. They were at the top of the draft in a loaded quarterback draft class, and they knew Zach Wilson was going second. They should have sat there and took Trey Lance. That's what the Dolphins should have done. And they're going to regret it unless they do land Watson or Rodgers, which is very realistic. At the end of the year... I think Tua, I, I would not bet on him to be their week one starter in 2022. I would not. I would bet it's Watson or Rodgers. It's one of those two. I think they're both going to get traded next offseason, and Miami has an extra first-round pick. They have an extra first in 2023. They have both of their first in 2022 and 2023. That's three first-round picks to play with. And a cornerback in Xavier Howard that maybe they'd still be looking to trade. I don't know. But – I think they've moved on to Watson or Rodgers after the season. I hope they don't. I hope Tua is just good enough to avoid that, but I think that is in the cards for the Dolphins. And then the rest of the division, I talked about Wilson and Mac Jones a little bit early on. Training camp season, preseason, it's it's very hard to know what they're going to be. Mac Jones is the guy we need to pay attention to right now, though. Zach Wilson has the upside to be the biggest threat to the Bills long-term, but Mac Jones, short-term, is the guy to watch. Because Cam Newton was shot last year. And he held New England back in many ways from being a playoff contender. If Mac Jones comes in and looks any version of how he looked in that preseason opener, 
That's an immediate upgrade at the quarterback position. That is a guy that has more arm strength than you'd think, is very accurate, and if he comes in right away and he is, he's not going to light the world on fire. I don't think he's going to have a Justin Herbert season. But if he looks like Kirk Cousins, if he has the year that Kirk Cousins had last year for New England, that's a team that's going to be in the playoffs. The probably they wouldn't be competing with the Bills unless the Bills take a step back. I don't know how that's happening. But that's a team that you could be facing in the first round. New England with Mac Jones. Keep an eye on them. I'm more optimistic about what the Patriots have under center today than I do with the Dolphins. I've been on that, though, since before training camp started. That I'd rather have Mac Jones than Tua. At the draft, I would have told you that. Now, I would double down for sure, given what's being talked about for both of them. Interesting stuff going on in the division. Um, we will take a, uh, a timeout for the rest of the night. So it's not really a timeout. It's uh, end of game. And then tomorrow, I'll be back at 7 o'clock. Hear me, hear me sparing, sparingly on uh, Show Up in the Bulldog at 3. NASCAR fans, stay tuned because NASCAR Live is coming your way after this. Time out. So until tomorrow, have a good night. This has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 